I'm Tyreek. And I'm Jay. And I'm Jim. And this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Tyreek, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Nah, I'm good. And Jay, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? I'm Jay and I've been taking a break from work pretty much. So I'm also good. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to plug like some shawarma or something. Some like, what's, what's your favorite shawarma place where An you live? Interesting plug like that. Yeah. I always think it's like my own games and stuff. Um, Either way is, is totally fine. Uh, what, what do I have to plug? Well, you know what? I've recently become a little addicted to Ben and Jerry's cookie dough ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> cookie dough ice cream. Really good. So I'll plug that one. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm sure they they need the they need the advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's really cookie dough? Do you think you could like like wash off all the vanilla ice cream, have just the cookie dough left, and bake cookies with it? I, it's very popular here. I think in here being this part of Germany, because next to the cookie dough container of ice cream, they have a bag of the cookie dough balls <laughs> that you can buy. So you know what? I'm gonna commit to buying those cookie dough balls. Is our, I, I think they're just the same thing because they're and I, I, either way, I'm not, I'm not going to buy the ice cream and extract the cookie dough balls because that's too much work. But I will for this <laughs> podcast buy those and try to make them make cookies out of them. Okay. And then I'll let you know next time. Great. You're not going to do it as part of this show. I mean, I could run down there and you guys do the episode and then I come back at the end and tell you. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they're just Ben and Jerry's branded cookie dough balls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen cookie dough, like pre-made cookie dough in the store starting to be labeled as like, as safe to eat. They're snacks. They're, they're just snacks. They're they're like, you pop them in your mouth. They're not for making cookies. They're for. Yeah. That's weird. Just for snacking on. Snacking on. Yeah. I would be curious if that actually does make cookies. They're smaller than like, I would have to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to smush them. I'm not going to do that though. That would be no. You just have to make the cookies those size. They're tiny, tiny cookies. No, yeah. you know. Okay, I got to do both because how will I ever know? It'll just be burnt. Okay, so so I'll smush some <laughs> together and yep. some I'll leave. You have to have the control. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll see. I like this. I look forward to the results. Yeah, you'll you'll get them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Someday on my desk by the end of, by the end of the day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are we ready to start on some topics? Let's sure. do it. Tyreek, your topic is, I recently moved, and I think I understand having stuff more now. Yeah, I recently moved, as is stated in the title of the topic, and it's weird. Like, I I, I have, like, as a part of the move, so this is, to explain, this is my first time living, like, on my own. Uh, I don't have any roommates. I don't have any, you know, I'm not, like, with family and stuff like that. And so I had to get a bunch of stuff that I have never owned like personally before like silverware and plates and pots and pans and that sort of thing like before before I've lived here that would that had always been it's always been like sort of like communal uh property and I never really thought much about it and I'm realizing in hindsight that probably made me a worse roommate than I could have been because I just kind of took a lot of those things for granted and now that I have had to like buy them for myself like i'm like trying to take so good care of everything that i have <laughs> which which is like a, a mindset that i've encountered before but i never really understood because i'm like oh you know if a plate breaks or whatever you can just buy a new plate or you know if you if, you know your pan gets all messed up you can you know you scrub it out you know it, it, it never really occurred to me that like oh this is actually an issue to be concerned about but now uh, like after having gotten all this stuff and then 
even even in just the couple months that I've been moved, like a couple, you know, like I don't think anything's broken yet, but like a couple things have gotten, you know, a little bit messed up just, you know, through normal use. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's not just as simple as like immediately getting a replacement because things are constantly coming in and out of stock and some things are just canceled forever and you can never find again. So now you just have a mismatch set forever and that sort of thing. And yeah, this is all just like, a, it's it's a level of appreciation that I never had before for just the concept of like owning things and trying to be neat about it. Yeah, I, I, well, I in terms of having a matched set of things, I definitely find it to be much easier and in like my opinion, just as good as just have a mishmash of everything. Like, don't want that. No, you don't. <laughs> no. So I, I've had this thing ever since I was a kid. Actually, I um, I've always been very particular about uh, like arranging silverware. Like since I was a kid, I always had to have the spoons with the spoons and the forks with the forks and the knives with the knives. And I was the only person in my family that was like that. Everybody would just like throw everything in the in the in the drawer, however, really nilly. OK, and then that's, I would that's always, unconscionable. That's chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I would always open it up and like and I would always like match them. But I would also always try and like match the silverware like by set because we're like you know we did have a mismatch like a sort of hodgepodge of different styles but i would always like try and get the most of the similar styles together and just like put all the rest somewhere else so that at least you know when you look in the drawer it looks kind of neat and then like just don't look in the other drawer where all the hodgepodge stuff is <laughs> uh and so like since moving i've like it's like i finally finally i can just have like a fully matching <laughs> silverware set where nothing is out of place and it's been really nice uh and like yeah i I want I want everything to match in my life. <laughs> this yeah. recall like I'm remembering being a kid looking like at the filigree on some of the the silverware and some of the silverware being having no decoration on it and like thinking about like why are they di- why are these why are there three different kinds of spoons in here and and uh but I think I think I I I I grew to like really like that cuz it was just like my family's weird like I just became very comfortable with this weird combination of like all kinds of different junk and the plates. There's just like one single Thanksgiving looking plate with like leaves and like some pilgrims on it among other sets of plates, you know, and it's just like, oh, it's the Thanksgiving plate, you know, and it's just like it becomes kind of cool. I don't know. It's kind of adds some flavor, I guess, to it because you're like, oh, I got the Thanksgiving plate or whatever. <laughs> and it's like slightly bigger than the other ones or better slightly because it has like a little deeper inlay thing or something. So I do remember like kind of liking the hodgepodge thing, uh, though this has gone almost entirely like into like kitchenware instead of <laughs> stuff. But like I, I remember liking that, though other things, I think it would bug me a little bit, but. But the, yeah. specifically kitchen stuff, I think I, and it's already like that. We haven't even been on our own that long, but our house is already just uh, things break, especially post kids, you know, like yeah. things break and then you get more, but not a lot more, or you find used or you just encounter. Yeah. Stuff. See, that's, then, <laughs> I feel like that's, that's in a, like sort of the, the sort of eclectic hodgepodge is an aesthetic that I don't particularly hate in other people's houses okay. <laughs> but but it's also like the sort of thing where it's like like it would bug me like 
having an eclectic hodgepodge can be fun and that sort of thing. Like, oh, it looks very, you know, very uh, idiosyncratic uh, and that sort of thing. It's like, oh, you have just like your unique collection of just of of various things that you've gathered throughout your life and replaced and that sort of thing. But the process of getting to that point, like if I'm going to have like an eclectic hodgepodge of stuff, I just want to have the entire eclectic hodgepodge. I don't want to like go through the the process oh, yeah. of having everything match <laughs> and then very gradually like having one mismatched thing and then having two mismatched things and then having like, and then just like, like over time, you know, it's like, I, I feel like I would have to like go all in and be like, all right, I'm going hodgepodge. I just need to go to a store and get a bunch of mismatched knickknacks so that I can have the full aesthetic. Well, yeah, the, the trick is that you need, you need nothing to match at that point. You need to get rid of all the stuff that does match. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have two of the same spoon, throw one. Yeah. No. <laughs> one of them goes right in the garbage disposal <laughs> and then it won't match anymore. I, I want to take another angle on this, having stuff and moving, having stuff is a big, uh, a big hassle. Yeah. Yeah. Like we got rid of so, uh, I think we got rid of like two dump trucks worth of garbage. Well, it became garbage when we, when we put it in the dump truck is what I mean by that to move out of our old, our old place. Because, you know, I, I lived there for eight years, I think, no, seven years maybe. And then she was there for like, my wife was there for like 10. And you you accrue a bunch of cruft in 10 years. It just builds up and you, it's, it's like a gas. It fills whatever container it's in. And most of the stuff that you like, if you're not, you like for me, at least, if I'm not using something, I just stop thinking about it. Like, I don't, I kind of even, I kind of forget it's there un, until right. it's time to like, well, you're moving house. Now you need to think about literally everything in your house. At least right. you need to make the decision of like, is it going in the garbage? Is it, are we going to donate this? Are we going to give it to somebody or are we going to move it? You know? And yeah, my, um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I never know how to describe my relationship with this person. I'll just say a friend had this rule for a while that he would always have like for when he was like backpacking, he would always have like under 10 pounds of stuff of, of owned things. Oh yeah. And then when he moved into a, like an apartment, it was like under a hundred pounds of owned things you know, or whatever. Uh, and of course, like he, he had to keep coming up with excuses to increase his, increase his limit as he got more and more <laughs> things. And, and like, presumably at some point, you know, he's like going to the neighbor and saying, Hey, can you technically own this bookshelf for me? <laughs> <laughs> I have in my house, but like I, I, I really respect that as a way to like if you know you know if you need to move across even just across town, like having something little enough stuff that you can fit it in a truck, just a single truckload, yeah, uh, is a big deal. Actually, the truck that I got was way too big for the amount of stuff that I that I actually have. I wanted to rent a much smaller truck. And then I got to the rental place and they told me that they had accidentally rented out the truck that I had reserved to somebody else earlier. <laughs> uh -huh. And so I had to go to an entirely different truck rental place and get a much larger truck. And I ended up scraping it when I parked on a big oh. tree right outside. And it was, it was an enormous hassle. Uh, don't run from Home Depot. They suck. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it, but it, I think all in all, it took me with one person helping. It took me, I want to say about an hour to like unload everything and bring it to the third floor and then 
put it in and then, um, you know, which I, which at the time it seemed like a very long time because I, there were some heavy things and I was extremely tired at the end of it. Uh, but in hindsight, I don't like, and people were, other people have told me like, that's actually extremely fast. Oh know, yeah. That's a very fast Everything move. you own basically. I had to make like, I think like two more trips just for the small, like a couple small like carloads of stuff that I left. But, the uh, knickknacks are the worst, the worst part of moving. I think all the yeah. junk. Where do I put this now? Like this. Yeah. Well, listen. Like the the last step of every moving process is you go around, pick up all the miscellaneous stuff you couldn't fit anywhere else, put it all in a single box. Like you yeah. pick it, pick and leave it there. You go to the new place and you just like empty it onto the just empty it just onto the various around. rooms of the house. Yeah. <laughs> just to add some spice to make it feel like you've been living there for a while. That's where yeah. it came from. <laughs> so that's where it clearly that's where it goes. Because you you kind of um want your kitchenware and stuff to be consistent like aesthetically did you have like a little bit of an aesthetic plan when you moved in like color scheme and stuff like that i did have a little bit of that i also got some uh some like outside input from my uh brother's wife who is very like she's not an interior designer but she's like very into that sort of stuff and so she like helped me pick out some stuff uh and so now all my kitchen or yeah, most of my like kitchenware is either sage green or like white. So that's like the the color nice. theme for my for my kitchen because the wall is also slightly green. Uh, and so everything kind of matches. And then my living room is is like sort of different uh, wood tones, which is a little irritating because I wish they were all the <laughs> same wood tone. But you know, it 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 works. Got like a sort of wood grain desk, wood grain coffee table, and then my my bedroom is all just black and white. Uh, and so like, yeah, everything, everything, I feel like, a, you know, d- the different spaces have their own sort of internal consistency, uh, which I'm very, very pleased with. Good. I was going to mention that when you mentioned your mismatched wood grain, I, I guess what I always do when I move somewhere or I try to redo a room or something is I have a plan and then the things that I can possibly buy, you know, or within my budget don't let me do yeah see that's that's what anything. happens basically is like is like i managed to get i mean i think i did a pretty decent job but there's like mm-hmm. some stuff where i was like i am going to have to settle for this even though it doesn't match anything else just because yeah. it's a thing that i need and uh this is the only version that i can afford right so that's a little irritating but i think for the most part i did a pretty decent job uh i like how you're looking behind you like <laughs> assessing the quality yeah. of your I think it looks good from here. I can't see any of it. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm also just extremely pleased because, like, man, I'm, like, living on my own. And I've, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> like, it's it's cool. And the neighborhood's, like, really nice and walkable. And, uh, yeah. I, you, you, know. you don't miss the roommate? No, not really. I mean, uh, yeah, we weren't, like, I, I actually uh, went to a Halloween party recently that he threw because he always, uh, when I was living there, he, he would always throw these, like, very... Uh, extravagant isn't the right word but he was always just throw like a big halloween party every year and that was like one of his things that one of the things they like looked forward to doing every time and so this was my first time going to the halloween party as like somebody who didn't also occupy the house right and it was i don't know it was in some way more fun because i could like leave <laughs> <laughs> like because yeah. i feel like like in previous years they would always get to a point where i'm like all right i'm tired of all these people i'm just gonna go up to my room and lay down and still hear them downstairs partying <laughs> and stuff like that but this time i got to that point and i was like i'm i can just go home <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's yeah. great 
Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, we still, it's not like, not like I did, I like disliked him or anything like that. We still get along. And I, part, I think part of the reason that I wanted to move out is like to, uh, maintain the friend friendly relationship because like living, living together can sometimes get irritating. Yeah. It can put a strain on it. Yeah. So, but yeah. And so, you know, gonna, gonna hang out, hang out every now and then with him, but, uh, I'm definitely enjoying just having a space that is all my own. And yeah, it's cool. I dig it. <laughs> well, congrats. Yeah. Congrats and congrats on liking it. Congrats on being right about what you thought you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like something it was, it's this is the thing is it was like the sort of thing where it was like, I had been wanting to move for a long time, but my previous like situation was just too good to upend like everything like i i liked my roommate the price was right it was in a good place and that sort of thing like everything was just like was like just good enough uh for me not to want to like rock the boat and eventually like it got to a point where it's like oh okay my desire to move now has exceeded the like my complacency basically yeah and it was just like i gotta i gotta i gotta i gotta do something i gotta make a change i gotta i gotta balance i'm going kind of kind of stir crazy here just so I did it and it's been working out so far pretty well and I'm I'm happy. It is a lot more expensive though, so we'll see how how long I can actually afford to not have a roommate. <laughs> do you have space for a roommate if one if it becomes necessary? I do not. I would have to I would have to move again to a roommateable place. Yikes. Uh, well, you, you don't have much stuff, so you're good. You have yeah, I, don't, I don't have much stuff. You have an hour's worth of stuff with the stuff, so moving is no problem. And also, I have now an hour's worth of stuff in a smaller space, because before everything was like, it was a much larger. So I'm living in a much smaller space for a much larger amount of money, uh, which I guess isn't ideal, but it's all mine. Like yeah, yep. it's and and like the entire space is mine. Whereas before it was like a much larger space, but like the majority of it had been claimed by my roommate and was full of his stuff. And yeah, so yeah, it's it's working out. But the thing that yeah, the the reason I mentioned kitchen stuff is because that's like the thing that I had been most lacking. Like like right. you know bedroom stuff. I got bedroom stuff. I had a bedroom. You know, de- de- desk and office stuff. I had my own little like workspace and that sort of thing. But kitchen stuff is like every kitchen that I've ever lived in has been not my stuff. And so this is like the first time where I was like, okay, I have to get. It kind of hit you. You're kind of like. Yeah. 100% of what is in a kitchen I need to get, basically. I guess I like the idea of like going through life and just always thinking kitchens just come that way. You know, they just have the forks and I, I still yeah. think that's true about like clothes hangers. Yeah. Like I've <laughs> never bought a clothes hanger in my life. They just my life. my But but my life is full of them. <laughs> do they do they come with clothes when you get them? Like usually when you shop for clothes, they like take the clothes hanger off. Oh, geez, are, you, I don't know. are you just accidentally stealing clothes hangers whenever you like get new clothes? <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. I think they I don't think they come with the clothes. Yeah, no, they don't come with mine, but I don't know. I have, I have bought. That's a good topic. I bought, I bought one pack of clothes hangers years ago. And I think it was like, yeah, I'm I'm never going to, there's still, I still have spares from that. Like I, I, I don't need to buy any more. It's like loaves and fishes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You just get, just get a little starter clothes hanger kit and then they'll multiply uh, on their own for the rest of their life. Yeah. 
Are we uh, ready for another topic? Let's do it. Sounds good. Jay, your topic is teaching my three-year-old to use a mouse and keyboard. Kids learning software being a ghost of its former self. Yeah. Jim, do you have any experience with this kind of thing? Or have you tried? Winston's experience using uh, mouse and keyboard is he'll sit on my office. Sometimes he'll sit on my office chair and say, I'm going to be daddy. And then he'll like bang on the keyboard and like send a bunch of nonsense messages in discord. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had the, I've had the bang on the keyboard and type stuff in discord. Usually he doesn't hit enter and I'll hit enter because it's cute, but, um, right. Yeah. And send it. But, um, yeah. So Gabriel is very, um, bad parenting, I guess. But when he was two and a half, he is now a little, over three, three in a couple months. I mean, it was two and a half. Uh, we got him a tablet, like a Kindle tablet. I took it and like made sure the internet was off and sideloaded a bunch of like apps and a video library and just curated music library, everything, you know, just real. Um, yeah. And he he's through that, learned to a little bit read and he knows all the letters and numbers and stuff. And uh, Dang. and. that's way easier than teaching kids to read by showing them the letters (laughs) well yeah but i mean there's been a little bit of intentional like okay all right with that but but um there's an app you might know khan academy kids Hmm. you know this i'm familiar with khan academy i didn't know there was yeah there's a kids app that is just excellent and um he has i think that we use it together a lot but through that he's learned his letters. And so one day around Christmas time of last Christmas, we were at Oma's house, grandma and German grandma. Uh, and oh, it's so convenient, by the way, having half German and half like German grandparents and then American ones because they're just Oma, Opa, Grandma and Grandpa. You don't oh, got to yeah. say Grandpa Donnie <laughs> or whatever. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what we what happened with us was that we when one grandma is Nana and the other one is grandma. Ah, I yeah. see. Okay. So, and, that, and that, that happened to work out because that's what they wanted to be called. Oh, that rules. Yeah. yeah very convenient. Otherwise I bet it happens a lot where like a grandparent just wants to be grandma, but they're called something, some dumb something else. And they're like, no, I'm grandma. Anyway. Right. Yeah. My, my, my mom specifically requested uh, to be Grammy because it's an award. Uh-huh. And she, oh, sure. <laughs> oh, that's like, amazing. Call, have them call me Grammy. That that's, rules. So that, that's what we go with, yeah. So he sat on my lap at her house when I was on my computer, and and I was just like, well, let's see if he'll... And he was just starting to like recognize words and things back then. And so I'm like, let's try to... He loved stop signs. He'd always be pointing out stop signs if he saw stop signs. So I'm like, hey, Gabriel, you want to type the word stop? And uh, and I'm like, well, can you type a S? And we just typed stop like 50 times in the in notepad or in WordPad. I made the 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 font size really large. And he then he kept making, he's like, stop red. And so I had to change the color to red. And he's like, stop green. And he would just type <laughs> S-T-O-P. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can, I can really make him a nerd now. Like he can do this because <laughs> like, it's just a revelation he's typing and, and he was typing one in that same trip, like Christmas trip to Omas. He was typing all the numbers up to zero and then down to up and down the numbers. And, uh, and then I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get on this. And, and I had a talk with my wife about it and she was like, you know, there's more important other skills you can. 
(laughs) I'm like, this is important. So, so I got, I found a, well, first we have an old XP laptop sitting around from uh, his great Opa who passed away and we inherited his old Windows XP laptop, which uh, I just cleaned out and I forgot how like unpleasant it is to use uh, and get things to run on an, oh, like even I, I thought, oh, Windows 95 applications or 98 applications will work on that. No problem. But no, they don't like it's a pain and you got to go find fan patches to everything. And so so heck with that one. He did. He did type in WordPad on it for a while. Uh, but then I I, I, I I stumbled upon a Dell rugged have you seen this line of Dell rugged laptops? Is, is that like a like a ThinkPad? It's like a laptop for the military, or for like oh. you can drop it. Oh, one of those dang. type things. Yeah, you can yeah. drop it from like twenty stories and put water all over it, and it's fine. And I thought that sounded great, um, and so I got one of those for like four hundred bucks because no one. It's like a 2018, 2019 model for four hundred bucks. Good specs. But no one wants them. I think Oops, it was yeah. an old decommissioned one. Does it have a graphics card? Uh, I think it has like a not very good NVIDIA. How do you say it? NVIDIA graphics card? NVIDIA, I guess. Yeah. NVIDIA. Yeah. And uh, but uh, it's good enough. But I when I got it, I was so disappointed. I put kid picks on it, <laughs> but I was so <laughs> yeah, disappointed. Yeah. I put Lego Island on it. I got just got a patch on that and got that working. But I was so disappointed at like. I wanted to find whatever the modern incarnation of like all of the sort of learning typing edutainment programs Mm. that I was using when I was a kid or learning how to use the mouse. Like at my school, they had those. And um, did did Mavis Beacon retire? She no longer teaches typing or she's doing something, but it's not. (laughs) He don't care about it. (laughs) And um, and there there are websites with in browser apps, which I guess is what the kid, you know. There's a lot of tablet stuff, but this, you know, I think the difference is, is like in the nineties that the computers were the big new wave of everyone was like, this is the kids got to get on these computers. And so, you know, in the nineties and when I was in school, we had computer classes and we're, 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 we're learning typing. We're learning how to use a mouse and all that. And there's software for that. Cause that's the thing. But now I think even in schools, it's, they do typing, I think, but I suspect it's mostly tablets now. And there's yeah. probably not a market for teaching kids how to use a mouse and like do computer stuff anymore on a PC. So yeah, it's, there's nothing. This is something that is the, the landscape has changed a lot since we were kids where like Jay, you and I at least grew up in an era when like this was not only was it like the future. And so every fa- every family had a computer for their kid. It was also like the this was how you did everything. As as the kid, you were motivated to like this is how you got on the internet. This is how you played and made video games. Whereas nowadays, the getting on the internet and playing video games happens on phones. And yeah. It happens on tablets. And also, like computers aren't the future anymore. They're just the boring, shitty present. And so it's no longer. Uh, it's no longer a form of child abuse to not have a computer in the house. Right. Mm. I guess, I guess I'll finish with this, like in terms of me talking about this, a big problem was using the mouse because he, he got, he acclimated to his tablet and I purposefully got a non touch screen <laughs> uh, version of that computer. And he, it just, um, he just, it's very hard for him to acclimate. He's a little bit using the trackpad, but so I'm actually going to be, co- I'm coding him a thing to teach him the mouse. Like wow. in a game, 
engine because there's nothing there's a bad really bad thing that i suspect is spyware that i found but i can't find anything like a like but and and finding a mouse for his hand nowadays is also strange like i but that's what i'm doing i i he really likes it though. like if he didn't like it i wouldn't be making having him do it making him do uh but he loves right now his thing is just wordpad he yeah. likes to open it up and now he figured out how to change the color so he'll change the color he'll type s-t-o-p or t-r-u-c-k <laughs> Nice. Over and over and over. And his WordPad documents are like art because there's like a million space bars and then one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And then you, you scroll down longer and then it's like truck in pink and you keep <laughs> scrolling and it's like, stop, 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 stop. And you it looks like an art piece. Is, we could do we could do this as the poem. This, this I was going to say, it sounds like concrete poetry or something. Yeah, I could probably find one, but <laughs> I feel like I may have been talking with Jim about this a while ago, like off the podcast or something. I was talking with somebody about it, but there is, I think there's a concern with uh, like kids, p- with people who are like learning how to use uh, modern computers in the style where like there's people who don't know how like folder structures and file systems work or like that that things are saved to specific locations because you don't need to navigate those anymore you just type in the file that you want and it like appears through like searching and caching and all that sort of thing well that's interesting like that 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 model of how that happened is not one i had heard i had i had heard the model where like things just exist on your phone like yeah. there if you want to look at something that's like look at your photos you click on the photos app and there's right. no such concept. The phone doesn't expose the concept of folders. Right. And that's that was my understanding of how that happened. Well, I'm sure it's all probably it's all probably like tied together in the sense, yes. but just sort of the same sort of uh, general abstraction away from understanding the internal logic of 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 computers and how they're structured and that sort of thing. Um, actually. I think because I think it was I think it was like an article I was reading or something like that, where it's like there's a, a a professor at like a college or, yeah. or whatever was like telling his students like to like download this folder to this particular place or whatever. And they were like, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't know what a folder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I and, saw this, too. And then there was the discourse about like, like is the problem here that the kids don't know what a folder is or that they still need to know what they still need to know what a folder is in order to live their lives. Right. Yeah. Like, like if, if these concepts are sort of being done away with in general, does it, is it necessary to continue teaching them? I guess it's specialized. Yeah. Or do you teach them as like, well, okay, this person is going to need to use it. It's like learning to drive stick, you know, right. I, I need to learn to drive a tractor so I need to learn how a clutch works. Yeah. But like the average person only drives an automatic on this. Anyway, I don't know about that. If I that was might- going to say like it's useful for like creative applications. And like if you want to get into video editing and stuff. But yeah, now and- I'm thinking about that. And all of those have like mobile tablet versions, too. Yeah. And- a lot of stuff is also like moving to being browser based. I've noticed where it's like there's the there's the desktop version, yeah. and then there was like the mobile version, and now a lot of things are just like here's just a fully featured photo editing suite that's as good as Photoshop, just in your browser. Yeah, and, and then a lot of thing. a lot of apps that that seem to be native apps are actually just running in a web browser secretly. Exactly, which yeah. is frustrating as hell because they're, they're slow. Right. <laughs> I, I don't have uh, any children myself, but I always thought it would be kind of interesting 
that if I ever did, uh, I don't know, come into possession of a child, that's not the right way to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it could happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, unlikely. But uh, I always imagined that it would be kind of fun to... It's like finding a nickel on the sidewalk, you know? <laughs> to take them through uh, the stages of technology, like based on their age. So like when they're young, I just yeah. get them like an original NES or, you know, or like I, I thought about old this computers and that yeah. sort of thing. And then like, as they get older, you know, basically like take them through technology as it advances, like maybe in like a five year uh, yeah, cycle. Obvi- or, obviously you know, fast faster forwarded. than real time. Yeah, but... exactly. Faster than real time. But, uh, but I always thought that would be kind of interesting, but I tried it a little bit. Jim, yeah. have you tried that a little bit? Like, no, I, I ended up not doing that. Well, how did it go? Well, I had the SNES Mini. Yeah. I put on something where he can just explore an overworld. I don't remember which one, but like up, down, left, right, eight direction controls. Yeah. Um, Without really like an RPG where you could just walk around and bump into stuff. And the, the obstacle and still an obstacle is the D-pad. He just doesn't understand it yeah Uh, like he does he doesn't he doesn't have the map of you know what it's weird on the on the computer keyboard he can do it the arrow keys but Mm, on the controller he's because the arrow keys are each individual buttons that might be the it that might be it yeah uh we've been playing boots quest uh it's a game one of my friends made harrison lemka lemke uh it's called boots quest and gabriel loves that and that's just a it's just an eight direction, you know, little, little guy moving around game, you know, and, um, and on the keyboard, he can do it, but I tried so much on the console to get him to, and in a stick, can't get him into the stick either. Like, a, a cause Pokemon snap, he likes to watch. Damn, this looks great. I'm, I'm just looking at the boots quest trailer. Oh yeah. The music is very kind of that lo-fi space funeral thing, you know, like, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. he records it all on a four track. Anyway, but um, I don't know where I was going with that. But oh, I thought Boots was the name of the character. He's he's a, after Boots. He's he questing boots. for Boots. But is he also named Boots? Because that would be better if he was named Boots and he's looking for Boots. No, I I, I don't think he's named Boots. It would be but a double what? meaning. It would be I Boots like his Boots quest. Yeah, there are weapons. There are weapons scattered all over the world in the game, and if you try to pick one up, he's like, "Oh, it's a, a shiny metal uh, sword. What do what do I need that for?" And yeah. then it says you cast it away or something like that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember like how old I was when I started like playing games with an understanding of the inputs and that sort of thing. I think it had to have been older than three. Uh, and I remember, I remember uh, my nephew when my nephew was uh, much younger. He's thir- no, he just turned fourteen now. Um, but. I remember when he was like much, much younger and I was like first trying to get him into games. I don't remember how old he was, but like I, I was trying to show him uh, Geometry Wars because I was like, this seems easy. There's one yeah. stick for movement and one yeah. stick for shooting. And 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 those are the only inputs and like, one, yeah. you know, uh, and he just like did not understand anything about what was happening. And I was like, it's you just do the do this one for when you move. Well, yeah. And well, and geometry wars like gives you like half a second to understand the controls before you die. Like <laughs> the, the, it yeah. starts out pretty slow. It starts out pretty slow. I thought, but okay. uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. No, no. The, uh, the auto shooting survival games, the ass games is the, is the genre you want to show this guy. Oh, is that, is that, uh, the ones that started with a, uh, vampire survivor and yes. that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Cause it's only one, st- it's only one stick. And I the still shooting. haven't played uh, 
any of those games yet. I I mean, it they're good, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. Is there a roguelike turn-based version? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I just want to turn everything into turn-based roguelikes. That's an issue I have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jay, uh, I actually, we should probably move on from this, but I actually want to talk to you instead about, um, you had posted about a audio device that you got for one of your kids like a audio player oh it's a boom box yeah it's just like a it's like a music player yeah 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 it's like an mp3 player but with no screen no screen and and like you, you what you feed it an sd card or something give it an sd card there's 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 a grid of nine buttons different colors and uh-huh. you assign a playlist to each button and the playlist loops after you push it too many times yeah neat yeah, yeah. we got we got a similar thing for winston called the yoto Okay. Which is a, it's a music player with, with a, well, it has a tiny screen, but it's just like, it shows a smiley face or like a, a, a cloud or something. I don't, oh, I don't that's I, cool. I, I, I've still haven't figured out what that's for, but it has like two radio stations, which are, they're not literally radio. They're, 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 it's fetched from the Yoto servers, but one of them is music and it's a good selection of stuff. And the other one is just political talk. The other one is <laughs> a, 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 NPR, a kid's <laughs> podcast. Which is just like a 15 minute, you know, show that a guy records with various, you know, segments and it changes every day. Oh, cool. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And then you can also, it also has a card reader, a slot, which I think this is, this audio is actually also streamed from the internet. But if you put, uh, you, we, he has like 10 story cards. And if he puts the card in, it'll start reciting the story, picking up from where he left off. I, I think this is how they make their money. You buy, you buy more of these. And you can also buy blanks, which is ridiculous. Like right. you're you're paying them for the for the ability to put to play your own audio. But that's all I did with mine. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's been he loves it. He loves it. That's good. Yeah. Lately, um, he's been like more than once. He's we, we've gone in there to do like bedtime story time and songs with him, and he's like, "No, I just want to listen to the Oto." <laughs> all right. I yeah, I really liked it. like this return a little bit to um no screen like listen to sitting around the radio or something you know like uh yeah I like the design of this of this device the Yoto yeah it looks neat he's got the Yoto Mini specifically mm, I think I like that one more actually than the large one the large one looks a little weird because the buttons oh that like, looks pretty cool yeah. The buttons on the bigger one are like in a weird diagonal place that makes them look like ears on top of a monitor. <laughs> and I don't like that. <laughs> I like the what, you, what you're describing, but if I saw it, I might not. Uh, it reminds me a little of that sort of like Yo Gabba Gabba. It would be on, it could be a prop on that show or something. Yeah, it oh, just sure. definitely feels like it could just be like a prop that like a non-functioning prop in the background of a kid's show but it but yeah it's but one cool that actually it. works that's neat yeah. it's really neat uh are we ready for another topic sounds good uh for this topic we're going to be talking about interface traps so you guys know about the insert key this is I a key i'm aware it exists this is a key that like oh yeah that's a trap the function that it has and this is <laughs> this has been the case as far as i can tell since the days of like cpm and maybe earlier where like if you hit this key, when you when you start typing, the cursor no longer like moves the text that's already there out of the way for the new text. It just replaces it letter by letter. And so this key, as far as I can tell, exists just so that people can accidentally press it and then be really confused that why typing is broken. 
I'm sorry, Jim, but my wife uses it on per- like on purpose. Yeah, maybe it's a German thing. What's the what's the context? I don't know. I've seen her go tip tap tip typey and hit it and then replace a word and then boom. Are you sure she didn't rebind it to something else? Oh wow. <sighs> no, she uses that dang thing. Maybe it's Germans. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I was it, like, wow, that's impressive. I've never seen anyone use insert, but <laughs> it only traps me. I never use it. No, yeah, because because like the only I think I have used it like once or twice when like replacing comments in code uh specifically like if i know that the code that's the thing is like the only use for it as far as i can tell is if you know that the thing that you want to type is the exact same length as the right. thing that you want to replace <laughs> which i'm like that happens so infrequently oh okay but but think about this i didn't think about this until just now what what about if you have like a form that's laid out in a text file just like mm-hmm. the 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 um the fields are all a specific length and in a specific place, and you right. want to just enter text into those fields without displacing any of the other any of the other fields in the text file. I feel like that has like if I I feel like that's actually how like some yeah. old computer interfaces used to work that way. That absolutely very DOS or even pre DOS whatever was before right. that. Yeah, yeah, I've typed in a few of those. Uh, things before i could see I that haven't. that that seems to be <laughs> yeah yeah and so it only becomes a trap over time then well i was gonna say aren't there like a few other keys on the keyboard that are similarly obsolete like scroll lock and... yeah i mean scroll lock i still sometimes use a program that makes intuitive useful use of scroll lock oh see so you're you're the jay's wife of scroll lock then <laughs> that's right <laughs> um but yeah, like print- I'm sorry, but what does scroll lock do? <laughs> you know, I couldn't even tell you in normal, like what it's supposed <laughs> okay. to be for. Okay. In in impulse tracker, if you hit scroll oh. lock and then play your mod, it'll move the it'll keep the cursor where the playback in- index is. Ah, I see. I forgot you were a tracker. You, of course, you did the smush. <laughs> That's right. The smush yeah, the, audio. I've got the two smush tracks in in a. Uh, on the Hypnospace Outlaw soundtrack. I don't know if they were credited as Smush. I forget. They're credited in the in the OST. Well, in the credits, it's just you. Okay. But on the OST, it's Smush because that's what you said. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I used to consider Caps Lock a trap key because uh-huh, uh-huh. I would always like accidentally hit it and never wanted it on. But now, more recently, I use it so much. Really, like I'm co- I am constantly caps locking and uncaps locking now. Yeah, is it just easier than holding shift? Yeah. <laughs> what if there were a key that were just hold to insert instead of having to instead of it being a toggle? See, that would be handy, actually. I think I might actually use that if it was just hold to hold to replace instead of a toggle. I think I would actually mm-hmm. use that. Yeah, it's like a weird inverted backspace and almost <laughs> right. Yeah, caps lock. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't think I use it. I I don't think I use. I don't it. use it. Special cases on purpose. Anyway, like I think I mostly use it because I tend to comment my code in all caps. Uh, oh so sure. My, my comments are yelling at, at you. You know, I used it as a kid. <laughs> I didn't use shift for a long time as a kid. I used caps lock until oh, like. Well, this is this is like all the games that have like the 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 checkbox whether crouch is a hold or a toggle. Yeah. You just need the checkbox for hold or toggle shift. I think it's like playing the piano or like, like I didn't have the, the, the shift 
key muscle to, memory. Yeah, so it was just easier to caps lock. Right. Lock. They're so close though. They're like right next to each other. Yeah, but holding down and then oh, getting around the keyboard. Yeah. I see, I see. Yeah. That makes sense. Caps lock, even though it's a trap sometimes, it's a probably a good accessibility thing now that I'm thinking about that. That's yeah. that's true, yeah. But like but you're right, it is enough it is enough of a trap that like the Windows login screen will warn you if you have it on. Like you're- you know what's a dumb trap is sticky keys and all those other sticky keys. <laughs> uh, see, that's yeah, that's yeah. that's why I stopped using Shift. <laughs> I think every game developer or developer of any kind has probably <clears throat> hates that. But but I mean, even regular typing, like I will. If I'm about to start a sentence, I will hold down Shift to capitalize the first letter and then try to think of what I'm about to say. Yeah, yeah. and then Sticky Keys is like, hey. If we, I, I forget what we even do, but I'm about to do it. <laughs> exactly. This, this is memorable enough that I remember it happening, even though every time it happens, I go turn them off. Yeah. I think a friend of mine mentioned that he uses a keyboard setup where shift behaves similarly to how it does on like mobile phones. So it's a toggle, but it only applies to the next letter. Yeah. So, oh. so, so it's like you, you tap shift and then you can keep typing like normal and it'll just capitalize whatever the immediate next, next, uh, next character after shift. Oh, that's was. interesting. He has like a fancy keyboard that he like splits into different layers and stuff. So he like presses a key to like, uh, uh, cycle through the different like layers and that sort of thing. So what if caps lock and insert for that, like some caps lock keys were actually physical toggles. Like you push them and they would, they would hold themselves down. Oh, weird. There's like some physically hold themselves in. Like there's they some click sort of in and then some click sort of out latch. Out. Yeah. That sounds like a that sounds like an old style like like typewriter sort of function. Yeah. That that would exist. Yeah, yeah. And so it could be like a caps lock could just be a little latch that you you press down shift and you flip the little latch over to say, okay, no, shift, you're being held right now. That's caps lock. <laughs> But then sticky keys comes on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But but then what if what if insert was the same way? And what if insert uh, was actually named overwrite because the default is to insert. Right. That's a good point. So when ins- when insert is on, it's actually disabling the ability to insert things. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask if if maybe insert also originated with the typewriter, but I don't <laughs> think maybe an alien that's, technology. That's a funny it. idea. I like that. <laughs> no, uh, but more generally, interface traps. Like I feel like every program older than a certain age has like modes and and shortcut keys. Where like, oh, I accidentally pushed the shortcut key, and now I'm in a mode that I don't understand. Right. And I don't know how to get out. I've experienced that with even modern software, I like I, like uh, the the art software that I use, Clip Studio Paint. I'm I'm sure that I've like pressed a key at some point. There's just like, oh, you can't draw anymore, right? Yeah, <laughs> and like I don't know what I did or how to undo it, so I just have to close the program and reopen it again. <laughs> and hope right. that, that setting is off. I just had that uh, like four or five times because I've been trying to learn animation software like Toon Boom Harmony and the mm. all those like all of them just yeah. because to see which ones I would like um and the ones I like sadly are expensive <laughs> but um which ones do you like if you don't mind my I like Toon Boom Harmony a lot Toon Boom Harmony. Okay, but I don't yeah. want to subscribe to it so right. <laughs> and I'm bitter about that right now but I, I I did the free trial and learned it and got pretty good at it and then you just gotta gotta implement your own open source version yeah I'll make my own just like I'm making my own Mavis beacon but anyway um <laughs> 
yeah, but that happened to me three or four times where I'm Googling, I can't draw anymore. Paint tool don't work. Blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it's like a weird menu option that you've been able like, a, like or there's an like an eyeball. Like in one of them, there's a, there's a, it's a rendering thing where you can select the pencil tool and draw with the pencil tool. But if you have a certain kind of rendering enabled, which is enabled by default, you can't see that, but you can see vector graphics. You can't see raster or something like that. Mm. And so it's just like this stuff and, and how you Google that is so, it's so difficult because yeah. like getting the right. And then you of course have to type Reddit after everything to get any kind of useful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like I didn't know what I was doing wrong. It's just like, can't draw, can't see pencil tune boom reddit and and then it's a bunch of people giving unhelpful information and then like the bottom reply is like oh uh just try to enable the right one about you know so <laughs> lots of i guess that would be inter- an interface trap or maybe just an oversight or something there's gooey interface traps yes do you remember <laughs> in earlier versions of windows where you could like grab the start the task bar and like drag it to any size or any side of the screen oh yeah and and that was just that that you could just do that at literally any time that that option was like was like available to you well you've got to lock the task bar lock the task bar (laughs) right um wait did you just make that up or is that like a real parody song because that's pretty good i think i've heard (laughs) that before i've heard that from somewhere before Um, I actually have, so, uh, years and years ago, I think it was probably the first time I met you, Jim, at TIG Jam. Oh, yeah. Um, Kyle Pulver was there, and I saw that he had his start menu on the side of the screen. Yeah. And, and I was like, why do you, why do you do that? And he's like, well, cause it's, cause you, I don't know that he explained it some way where, where he, he like made a compelling argument for why that was a good place for it. And ever since then, I've had my start menu at the side of my screen. And like, that's the first thing I do whenever I get a new like computer set up is just like, move it, move it over the side. Cause I don't want it on the bottom. I don't want it on top. I want it all the way on the side. And I want it so it disappears when I'm not mousing over it. And I did I that. Like, yeah. Too. I did it until my mid twenties, and I probably would still be doing that if Windows back whatever version of Windows that is didn't keep crashing. If I tried to move my taskbar, like if I moved it, Windows would just be like Explorer has crashed, and then I couldn't uh, use it. I had to restart, and then it would appear at the bottom again. So that stopped it, and I just had to use the old bottom again, like a like a boring guy. Oh, Windows. Yeah, <laughs> but I was doing that too. I don't know. I I think I just decided to do it one day for no reason as a kid and Ooh. i got used to it yeah that's a good reason that's probably what kyle said he's like i just said i decided to do it one day as a kid and i got used to it and you're like that's compelling <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna do his it explanation now. was something along the lines of like when they're vertically stacked that like the text and the icons and stuff you can they, they like fit a lot more compactly Oh. As opposed to when they're horizontal, like the you've got the icon and then the name and then the next icon and then the name. Whereas when yeah. they're vertical, it's like it's it's just a lot. It feels a lot cleaner. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Are we uh, ready for another topic? Let's go. Sounds good. Uh, for this topic, we're going to be reading this poem, Yelp review for God. Uh, who would like to read this poem? I'll decline. I don't know the the content yet. It might be a conflict of interest. We'll see. You don't, you don't want to <laughs> recite this poem without knowing what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read it since I suggested it. It was a post I saw it posted three days ago on uh, Blue Sky. And so it's recent 
recently written hot off the hot off the poetry presses i guess uh okay yelp review for god by willow james clare despite omnipotence largely unhelpful created the tasmanian devil only to not let allow people to pet it which goes against good customer service entirely absent managerial style allows both workers and customers to run rampant in the store with no rules though i admit the lack of rules quite fun as it allowed me to steal large quantities of strawberry kiwi kombucha I asked to see a manager and an old man told me to confess everything I'd done wrong. What the hell, dude? And what's with the wine on Sunday morning anyway? I was 14. I can only hope this other hell location I've heard so much about has better Wi-Fi. Apparently, I've been pre-banned from the heaven one for kissing boys in the vegetable aisle here. But why did this godfellow care about me then? Unprofessional. Gross. Still, four out of five stars for inventing saliva between us. The invention of kissing is pretty good. Especially being kissed in the vegetable aisle, mm. which sounds like a Sufjan Stevens lyric, <laughs> which I, I at first was like, is that a euphemism for a body part? For, <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, is what a euphemism? Vegetable aisle. Oh, there, there is like a, a through line of like it being like it's a Yelp review. So I guess it's a yeah. store, grocery store, right? The world is a gro- grocery store. Yeah. Right. Well, of course, I take. I have some theological qualms <laughs> with this. It was cute. It was. Um, I feel like this is more a criticism of people than of God. In what way? Yeah, I mean, well, well, I guess, I guess. Well, I, I specifically mean like this is a reaction to um, people's conception of God, right? Yeah. Mm. And I read it as a criticism of the, of the people who have that conception. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not particularly bothered by it. You know, it's like it's like people talking about Dungeons and Dragons and then they get something like slightly wrong about Dungeons and Dragons. And then someone who cares a lot about that is like, you know, like (laughs) it's just like really get some. But like you could go go on all day and then most people in the room would be like, okay, shrug. It's that kind of thing. So ultimately, listen, we're 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 here for interesting takes. So yeah. let's say, let's say you got, you, you got five minutes. All right. to say, <laughs> you have to, you, you have to write a positive Yelp review for God now. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what you're, what you're thinking. Hey, so, even in scripture, there were some not so positive reviews. Well, there were, you know, from decently righteous people. So, but anyway, okay. So um, I will say there's a little inconsistency and in entirely, uh, allows workers and customers to run rampant with no rules, though I admit the lack of rules quite fun, but then later on goes on to describe rules. Yeah. 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 There there are rules. There's rules and there's no rules, depending on who you ask. Yeah. So I guess... Um, there's the there's the laws of physics that, that prevent you from kissing boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess it's a comfort to me that there will be like the unrighteous and like the wealthy <laughs> will answer to someone and the people who've done yeah like, that, like it's a comfort to me that there is an authority that transcends all of this and eventually everyone will answer for yeah what they've done and that sounds amazing i really wish i had that <laughs> that sounds like that that would be incredible i think the crux of it is 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 for me is like in the difference between me and this person is I believe that the person doling out the judgment is righteous and will do a pretty good job of it. And like, right. Like presumably as good a job as it is possible to do. Right. Yeah. Because 
the lawgiver of the universe. However, and I can't blame this person for based on probably most of what other Christians or what Christianity appears to be. And I'm assuming Christianity here. Uh, nothing too specific. About well, you got you got the wine. Christianity. It could be. It could be. The, yeah, the wine, and then the uh, the like confessing confessing sins to the old man and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think Catholicism is this because we never did yeah. confession when I was a oh, kid. Yeah. But but um, whatever the case, I can't fault them for <laughs> for how they you know have grown to perceive all that, and maybe it's fair based on what they've experienced. To um, you know, of course it's fair. It's their poem. I can't tell them how to write it, but um, yeah. So there's my five, three minutes. <laughs> okay, all right. They, well, I, pre- I appreciate you sharing your perspective on that, and I also appreciate like I, I I could definitely see like people not appreciating it, and so I also appreciate you like hedging at the beginning about how like you don't want to be that guy, but we're here for it. I want you to be the guy. I want you to to. I wanted to get. I wanted. To, I wanted to hear it. Yep, same. You know, this stuff, this this kind of thing doesn't never bugs me. I I always just feel bad for how bad of a job like the bride of Christ or the church maybe has done uh in presenting, you know, what Christ to people or being Christ to the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like that's what I think about when I see something So it's like somebody this somebody got like a bad bad sales pitch or something. Well, this person is a trans poet from Arizona. So. Yeah, and like clearly they're they've been a little hurt or disturbed or you know bothered by. But they did get all that strawberry kiwi kombucha, so it's not all but that. They didn't get to pet a Tasmanian devil. That's true. <laughs> you know, that's the strongest theological argument up there with the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I'm I'm not an authority. I'm just a guy who believes. <laughs> you know, and more or less Christianity. So, um, well, you're the authority in the room. So, okay. But yeah, I, I can't fault, you know, nothing critical of Christianity or God bugs me. Like, um, it just doesn't, it's just like, what, what do you expect? Yeah. That's my just purely theological take on it. Like removing the context of like today's Western Christianity or whatever. Yeah. I do think there's like legitimate, well, okay. Except that this entire poem reads as ironic, but it's silly. Yeah, it's- but that last line there, four out of five stars for inventing saliva. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot in this world that I can complain about, but there's also a lot I'm grateful for. Right. You know. Yeah, I think that was sweet. Actually, throwing a bone out there. Yeah, that's that's it's funny because that's like the line that I don't like because I think saliva is gross. But oh yeah, well, <laughs> four out of five stars for inventing an extremely dry mouth. <laughs> For inventing consistent uh, tableware or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Cat, cat tongues. Give me that. Give me that dry, scratchy sandpaper cat tongue. All right. Do we want to try to cram one more topic in? Sure. I think we can do it. I believe uh, in us. Jay, your topic is starting a YouTube channel for kids and the lack of useful information on the topic. Yeah. So that, I'm doing that. Um, I'm taking a break from my main projects because right now I'm a stay-at-home dad, and this is why both of my topics are related to like raising kids and stuff. Yeah. But right now I'm a, I'm, I'm more or less a stay at home dad. Uh, my son, ha, uh, like we have to, there's not enough really places, daycare places for him. He requires some certain additional accommodations, I guess. And there's just not, they're not around right now. January he'll be able to, he'll have a place. But um, so I've not been working 
other than maybe like two hours, three hours a night, like I'm doing now. This is night for me. And uh-huh. um, yeah, not work though. I'm not being paid, but uh, <clears throat> just kidding. Anyway, okay. So that was a, that was like a, I'm pretending to be dissatisfied throat clearing, but I'm not really. Anyway, okay. okay. So All right. I've been vetting a lot more at night, like before the next day, like, hmm, what's some interesting stuff I can show him? One of the biggest things that motivated this for me is like, I can find nothing teaching music uh, other than just, you know, super simple songs, which I know you know, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I heard your child sing one of those songs in an Instagram post about <laughs> ghost eating toast. Anyway, oh, sure. Yeah. Now, those are good and decently, decently well written, like traditional like kids songs, like well composed. I think they well put together. But there's I want something that sort of teaches some sort of like subtle music theory fundamentals and stuff. Right. Um. And nothing really does that in like an accessible way or showing like a band playing like one thing that I was searching for and I couldn't find is like showing having like a song and then having everything but the drums drop out and you watch the drums. Oh, I see. And then every and then you hear the bass alone and the and understanding how to separate in your mind these different parts of the music uh, or the yeah are instruments like, and you just see a piano yeah. and then, and then maybe the bass and the piano and you see the bass and, and it would be cool. So, so I want to make an animated, I already have this sort of thing I developed a few years ago, which allows me to take MIDI signals into a game engine basically and, and sequence 2d animation based on the MIDI signals coming in. So I can quite easily, normally it's kind of a nightmare to, specifically sync like um like in an, any old animation program like which key is being pushed down to the you know it's it's even hard to synchronize it to the beats per minute or whatever so this is a a really good way because i'll i sequence everything in midi in my uh in ableton live and and then feed it into the game engine and basically i run it once after coding all the parameters and everything and it the video is like 80 percent done and then huh. I just got to do some light editing to put it kind of together. Um, and so it's basically just making it all in the game engine. Like like with the drum hit, for example, of course, I code in the pre-hit and like the particle effects coming up from the drum and <laughs> all of that. And um, and that's not something I'll have to do in an editor like, like you normally would. It's just done in the game engine. So And that's just one MIDI note triggers that. And then, of course, I have to slide the drum track a little bit so it syncs because there's a pre like hit animation where the hand goes down you know to hit the drum but um that's very minor you just slide it a couple frames back the drum animation track and um and that's what i'm doing making a music theory thing for kids sort of music theory sounds scary but it's much simpler than that this is i would say this is more about music production it sounds like there's some theory like counting and oh sure sure like sure that. yeah like when I think of like teaching kids music theory like if I were to try to teach Winston music theory it would start with like so sit him down at a piano you know and and like here's how, how you play, how you play a song and here's a scale and I I think like the, the way you're approaching it is much more like much more entertaining which I think is helpful yeah it'll mostly I I don't know how you know I don't know how much a kid will absorb from this I'm not an expert at this. I'm just watching my kid watch things and yeah, I'm really curious. Is there anything up right now? No, I'm, I'm in the middle of it right now. Okay. I'm, I'm very, I'm very curious how that's going to end up, what that's going to look like. But I've been searching, I guess is the main topic is like, 
YouTube, like, cause, cause YouTube is the thing, you know, it's pretty much if you have video content, that's where it goes. Right. And I've been searching for YouTube resources on making a YouTube kids channel or content for kids on YouTube. And all you find when you search that is how can I help my kids start their own YouTube channel? <laughs> that's everything. And there's right. so much on that. There's yeah. even like things where kids talk to each other about making YouTube stuff, but there's no community. I found one single reference to like the idea of a community of like adults sharing ideas or like a community of adults who make kids content, kids stuff. And it was a Reddit thread, a Reddit thread in a YouTube content creators subreddit, I guess. And it's just someone floating the idea. It's like, Hey, I make kids content or I'm trying to, wouldn't it be cool if some of us got together and like made a sub or talked about it and some like there were three replies that would be like, that were like yeah that would be cool and there's nothing <laughs> else no one cares about this and well here's the thing like i th- i think probably there are a lot of people out there and they're just isolated because like certain things are just occluded by other ideas that that are search engine optimized better or that right. search engines decide like it's better for whoever runs the search engine for whatever reason, if everybody goes to look at this one kind of video or easier, if even if it's not better, it's easier to give those results. Right. Well, I wonder if, if that kind of prevents such a thing from existing even because like, how is anyone going to find this? Right. Yeah. Well, okay. Unless for, for like 20 years, search engines were really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say this problem that I'm talking about, about like the ideas, including other ideas probably always existed to some extent, but like, it's so much worse now that I think people are starting to notice and turn to other ways of conveying information. Like if, if we all just kept saying, well, Google is just how we find things out, then yes, this, we would be isolated forever. Right. (laughs) People are trying like the whole idea of like appending Reddit. That's probably how you found that one post. That's Reddit. Yeah. (laughs) By putting Reddit at the end of your search. (laughs) So I have to append the right thing to find it. Or, or, or like go to a librarian, you know, (laughs) what's the equivalent of a librarian who, who knows a lot about and can do research on the internet. I think librarians can do that. I think you're probably right. <laughs> like um, that, that's, I don't know what well, they have libraries in Germany. I don't know if the librarians are the same sort of entity, but like, I think it legit. You could go to a lab, like here, we could go to the Castro Valley library where I live and ask that question. And it's their job to find out, to find the answer. Yeah. I would be terrified to do that in Germany. Just, <laughs> I don't know. Is are it, librarians it, scarier there? Everyone's scarier. Cause I don't speak <laughs> German very well oh, okay. and they're German. <laughs> Well, but they speak English pretty good, don't they? Isn't that a thing I yeah, know about Germany? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I could. I think I just have some anxiety anyway about that. But yeah, I get it. I, I've I would I would never ask a librarian anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's a thing that I've heard people say before. It's like, oh, librarians—they're like so helpful and they're so good at researching. All you have to do is ask. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Next time I want to know something, I'll I'll do that. And then I haven't ever done that because it is intimidating. Right. Uh, uh, we've got three people with social anxiety on the show. Maybe <laughs> next time we can have someone who doesn't. Three people with social anxiety. If you combine us all, we'll make one really big person with social anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is, is it the, is it like, do you want specifically just the information or like, would it be helpful? Do you think to have like an actual community of people who are, who are all like developing the information together? 
I guess uh, I was it, no. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, because it sounds like it sounds like maybe both might be lacking, but the latter might lead to you know more more of the former existing. Yeah, um, I I did find like a YouTube put an official guide out, which was mm-hmm. all about the content and really just about avoiding hurting kids, basically through your bit. Like uh, it was really d- like how to make a. a I don't know, nutrition, uh, a nourishing video, uh, as opposed to like garbage is what it was. Right. But, uh, anyway, to answer your, what you're saying, uh, um, I was hoping to find some searchable, like a forum or a mm. discord server or something where I can just see uh part of its discoverability. Like I'm wondering, right. you know, I'm thinking after this next game, I would just like to do kid stuff. I don't want to do this adult game stuff anymore. Heck with all that. Uh, I would love <laughs> yeah, to just do kid stuff. Yeah. I, I would worry about like trying to sell like so much of, of content made for kids is like, well, we got the minions license. And so we're automatically going to have all the market share. Yeah. Like, no matter how good what we make is. It's dire. And, and, but it's dire not because like there is nobody out there who can make a good product, but it's dire because it is locked in by, by the licensing agreements. Like, so even to compete, you need to be talking to Disney, basically. That seems true <laughs> as far as I can find. But if you're interested in like just making software for your own kids, then I, I am doing that, but, but I have found discussions of relatively independent like creators who what they do is they don't make money through YouTube. They make their own streaming apps and platform. And there's a, there's a pre, there's a thing that makes it easy to do this, uh, like some kind of content plat- platform thing where you can upload all your videos and make your own streaming app basically. And they all use the same thing as far as I can tell. And it's just these mid-sized non IP. Well, they have their own IP, but you know, not Lego, not Disney or whatever. Uh, and they'll put videos on YouTube, a few videos regularly, and they leave a stream going 24-7 of the same, like, six of their videos. And then the rest of them, they point you to their app where you can subscribe to it. And then you get everything. And so um, that's how some of them seem to make money. I was thinking, since this is really dorky, I was thinking... I would just maybe do a Patreon and maybe it wouldn't be a big money making thing for me. But um, I think parents might be interested in such a thing more than yeah, you know, organically yeah. getting kids to find it on YouTube or something. But maybe parents on Twitter would find it or parents. Yeah, it's a lot to ask for like to, to fix the world. Maybe you could just fix kids software for like a hundred people and maybe that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know, I mean, I've identified the need for me. I, I want this stuff. It doesn't exist. I want it to exist, but I don't know how many me's there are. I was just going to say, like, it didn't occur to me until just now, like hearing you talk about like the way these, these, uh, these other sort of enterprises have like set up a fully separate sort of app and, and ecosystem, that sort of thing. But like, I guess like it kind of has to be a separate sort of ecosystem if you're, if you're hoping to like, get kids on board because like the existing ecosystem sucks for kids right yeah. like uh-huh. like and the way the algorithm and stuff like the way it's like it's geared towards like funneling it's like it's not meant to be good for kids and yeah. so it kind of mandates that you have to set like like get them somewhere else in order in order to actually uh uh be useful and helpful and in, in the way that you it sounds like you want to be 
And it's apparently just really hard to monetize on YouTube while also making kids stuff because of yeah. restrictions on ads and stuff, which I'm thankful exists, I guess. But, right. you know, yep. <clears throat> but yeah, like like it, it makes sense that, that you would want to like as quickly as possible, get them away from the larger ecosystem towards something smaller and more like restrained and confined and right. that, that you have a little more control over. Right. Uh, yeah. Huh. That's all the time we have for Topic Lords. Uh, Tariq, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Well, I'm not on Twitter anymore, basically. Uh, so I'm Congrats. on. <laughs> I'm on, I mean, I am on Blue Sky though, which oh. is basically basically just Twitter. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I'm Four Bit Friday, Four Bit Friday everywhere, and you can find my music at errorwithanf.com. And uh, Jay, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? I'm on X. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, at, uh, that's at X. For does everyone extreme. say it that way? Anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I, say, I say Twitter. Yeah, yeah say it Twitter. sounds Twitter. But, but if, you have, if, you, if you have to say X, you, you, it's mandatory that you say it with disdain. Yeah, and I did. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm on. I'm on I'm on Twitter at J A Y T H O L E N J Tholen. Tolan, I mean, or Tolan, or Tolan. <laughs> I don't. I I remember we came to the consensus that it's Tolan, but then I forgot. But anyway, okay. So, um, I also forgot. Yeah, I guess I'm mostly just riding that out until it's gone. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and I'm on there posting some dumb stuff. I'm posting my work in progress about my kids' YouTube thing. So that's what I'm doing now. But yep. All right. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!